Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. The whole purpose of fasting is recognizing what's in us. We have nothing. And if you don't realize that until you're in the midst of, I mean, again, I'm starting to recognize that. I am very spiritually barren. Like, I just like, wow, Lord, I have really nothing in me. Because like the food, the, the comforts, the, the entertainment, it kind of made it feel like everything was okay. That you are kind of in that place with the Lord. And he's like, no, but I want you to realize, whoa, you have got nothing. You really have nothing. You have nothing without me. You've had nothing without me. You've just been really comfortable. So the Lord is really saying, just helping us. He's saying, set aside things so you can realize, recognize your condition of your heart. Recognize the condition of your spirit, man, like where you are, what you have without him. Nothing. Nothing without him. And we're setting our heart to seek the Lord. That's what we're doing. That's all we're doing is to seek his face. And we're going to gaze, his gaze, again, that fasting is his gaze and perspective is all that we're after. We're not for anybody's praise. No one, I'm like, we're not looking at anybody. We don't care. We don't care what everybody is doing. I, I love you guys. I'm encouraging you guys. I want to build you up this week. But my goal is not to say, well, your fast is this. And again, Lord, it's going to be one of those things because some of us might go through those things. Some of you might go, my fast is bigger than yours. And it's like, and you might wrestle with that. Like, no, Lord, that's, that's unfair. It's unfair. Um, and I'm just speaking to myself because I can get in that mentality. That's my flesh. That's my inner man, like my old man complaining. So, because um, we just want to complain. We want to whine and gripe, and it's just our flesh that wants to do that. It's just one, anything to destroy our perspective and skew our, our gaze. But his gaze, that's again where we're going back for that. We're going for his gaze and his perspective. And then fasting is remaining steadfast before the Lord. We're staying steady. Again, that's the word. That's the thing we're seeking after is to be steadfast before the Lord, steady and steadfast, staying before him and listening to him. And then also fasting is meant to increase our capacity to just receive more from him. We're hoping that's again, like, you know, we talked about the good soil. I love that. Um, I mean, well, I'll talk about the in a minute, but as we go over these points, you realize that we're like looking at the Matthew 5, 3 through 6, right? It's that blessed are the poor in spirit. We're realizing, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. And blessed are the meek. Blessed are the hunger and thirst for righteousness. That, that blessed, blessed are those who are, have nothing. Blessed are those who are mourning. Blessed are those who are humble and receiving from God. That are repentant, that want Jesus with all that they have. They're common to him. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for right standing or righteousness, for they will be filled. We're doing this. We pursue God to make, and make space so that we can receive from, more from him. We cling to the word of God and we endure or stay steadfast in the due time or season. And we will bear fruit. It says Luke 8, 15. I love that. You know, Kathy read that on prayer night. And I was like, man, that's, that is it. But the seed in the ground, these are the ones, in the good ground, these are the ones who have heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it, and by enduring, produce fruit. We hang on. This is what we're doing. We're making space where, you know, like, again, like if you've ever worked with soil, soil doesn't stay the same. Soil can get hardened without moisture. Soil uh, soil can become 
just cracked and, and not receptive, or it could, you know, or there could be weeds that have grown up and just encompass whatever's growing there, and it's gone within a second. It's it's not going anywhere. We tried growing pumpkins in a spot, and the weeds did not like it. So, we uh, I can tell you, it's, it doesn't work too well if you try to plant in bad soil and you don't water it. So he's like, Lord. That's why we receive his water, we receive, and we say, God, tenderize our hearts, make us receptive to your word. And when we get your word, when we get that seed of his word, we hang on to it, we endure, and when God, in time, it will bear fruit, it will produce fruit. We do this to make space to encounter God, encounter God's word, encounter his heart, right? It's like, that's, that is what it is. It's that personal revelation, that personal relationship so that we can join his heart and pursue his godly, the godly pursuits. Because again, like what we're trying to do is say, we're not choosing our way. Because if our way was our way, guess what? We would be not doing a fast. We would not be doing a fast right now. We're pursuing his way. We're like, okay, God, align me with your ways. So that means I need to be receptive of your heart. He's saying, look at me, Look at me. I want you to get my gaze. I want you to get my perspective on things. You know, when we talk about Psalm 27, again, gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, inquire in his temple, because when we do that, when we make space and we say, I'm setting aside time and everything just to look at you and just to be with you, and I'm not making space for other things. This is the thing. This is my one thing. I'm seeking you. He's saying, look at me. And when we do look at him, this is the beauty of it. His heart is stirred. I love this Song of Solomon, uh, this, uh, well, Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, whatever version you want to read it. Uh, four, nine, you have stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. You have stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes. This idea that, again, we talk because there's a reason why he was stirred. There's a reason why God refers to himself as the bridegroom. It's because we're the bride. And he said, you look at me. We talked about this. I think we talked about this Thursday. We're just, I, I forget who, I think Laura brought it up. But it was just so good. Like, I, you've stolen my heart. One, gla- you've stolen my heart with one glance. One glance. He's like, I moved. He's like, I'm not impressed with the level of how much you gave up. I'm impressed by the fact that you gave it up to look at me, to glance at me, to see me. And he's like, just look at me. And it also talks about Zephaniah. This is the wonderful part about it. Again, I'm reminding, I'm reminding myself right now of this because right now, I don't sometimes feel like this is the encounter I'm having right now. Yeah. Zephaniah 3.17, the, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love and he will exult over you with loud singing. This idea about a God who sees you, who sings over you, who declares things over you. And when you look at him, he's like, oh, wow, you stole my heart. I love you. I can't believe that you're looking at me. And he's just so overcome. This is the God. Again, he has emotion. We kind of forget that God is an emotional God. If you don't believe that, read your word. He gets angry. He is tender and merciful and has compassion. He, he goes through these things, but he's perfect in it. That's the important part. He's perfect, and he sees us, and he sings over us. This doesn't come out of like a, uh, just a boring singing. He's like, no, I'm overcome with love for you. I'm singing over you. But the reality is this is what he's doing right now. That's what he's doing right now. He's singing over us right now. He's declaring things over us right now. But our present reality, this is, again, what Miranda was hitting at, what we were talking about. The present reality of fasting sets in, not our future reality, praise God, but the present reality, often when you're fasting, it doesn't feel like you're really looking at him. And it can feel like it's not going well. That's the reality. It can feel, it's not the reality. 
It's the feeling that we have. We can feel this way. We can feel like it's not going well at all. I can resonate with some of these thoughts. So I was like, Lord, I don't feel like my fast is going very well. Like, man, this is, I'm doing the right things, but I don't feel like I'm seeing your eyes yet. I don't feel like I'm doing this. Or maybe you mess up your fast. You're like, man, I meant not to do this. I meant not to watch this. Or I meant not to, whatever. You know, you eat food. You're like, I'm hungry. I want meat. Um, you know, whatever it is you've given up, whatever it is that you've given to him, when you mess up on your fast you, or you feel comfortable in your flesh, as your flesh, fresh, you know, your flesh is craving entertainment, is you know the endorphins from like you know social media and all the things that it craves. We're craving these things. It's our bodies setting. We've set our bodies to train our flesh to seek these things. So you're gonna, this is how you might be feeling right now. You know, during fast there are moments of sweetness. Praise God. You know, Miranda's here. There's moments of sweetness, but also fasting can feel challenging. So. I just have two points today, and we talked about this, I think, at Life Group, so keep going. Keep going. Push delete and start again. Some of us feel like crap right now, okay? Just being honest, all right? Some of us feel great. Some of us are like, man, I don't know what either of you are feeling because I don't know how to feel. Like, whatever you are, you might be on some spectrum of the other. The reality is you're going to screw this fast up. You're going to be really discouraged. You're going to kick yourself and the enemy is going to be at work. There's going to be a lot of things, and there's going to be a lot of opportunities to just feel like, I give up, I blew it, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, keep going. Push to lead, start again. Give yourself grace during this fast. Amen. And by this, I'm not saying, like, you know, give yourself permission or like, oh, that's fine. He's like, no, receive God's grace. God's grace is on this. God's grace is for you. He loves you. He's loving on you. He's saying, go for it. I want encounter. But he's saying, just so we, what we do is receive God's grace and walk, to walk out this fast. Because you're going to find yourself weak. Who finds himself weak right now? Like, I mean, you can raise your hand if you want. I, I, mean, I feel myself weak. I felt s- kind of stupid the first few days. I'm like, what is, you know, what is this? I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing. I can't think straight. Um, again, that is the purpose of fasting, is to become weakened, to weaken your flesh, to surrender to God. You know, David, while fasting, talked about his fast this way in Psalm 109, 24. Uh, my knees give way from fasting. My body is thin and gaunt. I don't think any of us are there. Praise God. I don't, I don't think I'll be thin and gaunt. But some ways I do feel like, but he's like, I'm just being honest. He's not, he's not complaining, but he's like, the reality is, this is how I feel right now. Like maybe his body was thin and gone. I don't know. And I, it would be nice to read through that. And I was, I was reading through parts of that, but just realizing like, man, this weakening, this physical, emotional, mental weakening, you know, this is fasting. It's not meant to be easy. His burden is easy. His yoke is light. But man, fasting is our flesh, we're competing with our flesh, with our spirit, man. We're seeking him. Now, when you feel physically, emotionally, and mentally weak, this is where two things can happen. Praise God. Some of these things happen, and some, unfortunately, some of the other things happen. You can find yourself encountering your vulnerability in God's grace, and that is good. But in the midst of this, you most likely will encounter the attack of the enemy. You will. He doesn't like this. He doesn't want you seeking the Lord in your weakness. He wants to keep you discouraged. This is the enemy at work. So what he does is while you're weak, he comes to remind you of how you're failing. 
You're not doing it right. You're not hearing right. You're just, he starts speaking lies over you again. He does not want you to benefit from this fast because he wants you to give up before the benefit of the fast happens. He's like, no, I want you to totally miss it. I want you to totally miss this. But Paul knew what he was, that when he was weak, that he was strong because Christ's power was made perfect in Paul's weakness. 2 Corinthians eleven thirty 30 31. I'm just going to premise this a little bit. So if I must boast, I will boast of the things that, I show, that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the, who's to be praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. And he's talking with the Corinthians and a lot of different things. There's a lot of things going on in Corinthians. He's correcting him. He's building him up. But he's talking. He's like, man, we don't boast in our spiritual strengths and our amazingness. He's like, we, he's like I'm just going to boast of my weakness. He's like, I'll boast about other people, but I'll boast about my weakness. Like, that's what I can boast about. That's it. Read this. This is such a powerful passage. I will boast about a man like that who's talking about prophetic dreams and has visions. And he's like, I'll boast about a guy like that. But I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. He's encountering great revelations. He's having great power that's moving through him by the Holy Spirit. But he says, I'm not going to boast in that. I'm not going to boast because I don't want you to think I'm, I'm building myself up. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, again, he knows himself. He's like, I'm not going to become conceited because I know I can become conceited. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. That doesn't sound fun. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that the Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Before this, he's talking about I've been beaten, I've been drugged, I've been thrown out, I've been nearly killed several times. Um, He's just talking about it. He's like, but this is why. This is why. For... uh, that feels like I missed a passage. Hold on. Let's see. No, no it's still there. Okay, that, I was right. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss a passage here. Um, no, he's like, it's so easy again to focus on your failure, right? How you feel. I am a witness to that, okay? Uh, it's so easy. It's really easy to start looking at the present circumstances, how I feel. Man, but I'm remembering God is saying, stop, stop. Stop looking at this. Stop looking at your failure. Stop looking at what you messed up. Stop looking at the rejection. Stop listening to the lies. Look at me. Start again. Press delete. That button, that button that we wish we could push on a lot of parts of our lives. Like we just wish, I wish I could push delete. Start over. Redo. Start over. But man, there's so rare moments where that's that. But God is saying, yes, press delete. Start over. Look at him. Press on. I'm, and I love this. I just I'm, I didn't put it on the slides, but I, I um, that passage that um, Paul was referring to again, like it, it, you see it in. Um, uh, let's see here. I'm gonna go back one verse. There we go. My grace is sufficient for you, and for my power is made perfect in weakness. It's paraphrased from different parts of the scriptures. There's uh, Isaiah. Um, let's see here, Isaiah forty twenty nine through thirty one. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. 
Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. He's saying, I know you're weak. Even your youth are going to be weak. Even your youth. You thought, man, yeah, the youth have got it. They've got all the strength and energy. You got all the strength and energy, right? You got it? You got it? Okay, yeah. But he said, even you, you're going to be weak. He said, come. You're going to grow tired and weary. You're going to stumble and fall, but come on. Wait on the Lord. Hope in the Lord, and he will give you strength. Praise God. Man. And I love it in Philippians 3. We've been talking through this life group in different points. I just feel like it keeps getting brought up. I love this because he's talking about, that. I love, I love Paul's vulnerability. He's like, you know what? Here's the reality. I'm very awesome. But at the same time, I count it as nothing. Everything I have, because I think some of us go into this fast thinking, well, I've got strength. I can, I, I, I'm good. I could afford some of this. I can give up that. You know, we, I can do this. I can grip my way through this. He's like, no, whatever you have ain't enough. It's just not going to be enough. That's why it talks about, and even your youth will stumble and fall. He said, whatever I gain, I had, I counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost. The things you're giving up, the things that you are screwing up. He said, count it as lost, give it behind, put it behind him. He's like, I count it as nothing, surpassing but because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that may I, I may gain Christ. So the things you're putting down, the things you're laying down, you're like, man, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. No, he's like, no, count as loss. It's nothing. You don't understand what you're about to get. Push to leap, press on. This is worth it. That I may gain Christ and be found in him. Oh, sorry. I, I think I've, oh, there we go. That's why you guys don't know where I'm at. Ah, oh, there we go. We're caught up. Okay. And be found in him, not having righteousness on my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That doesn't sound like fun. But he said, no, that by any means possible, I might attain the resurrection from the dead. I will, I will, I'll go through the sufferings that Christ went through. I'll do it all that I might retain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfected. He's like, I, I get it. I'm, not, I'm so flawed. I'm still seeking after this. I am longing for this, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Because he's already chosen us. He said, I want you. I chose you. I long for you. I'm giving you this fast to give up. I'm saying, just choose me. Give up these things for the surpassing knowledge to know Jesus in the fullness. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Whatever happened yesterday, whatever happened, whatever you've achieved, whatever you haven't achieved, put it behind you. Strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Man, seeking after him. And I love this because like, we need to remind ourselves again. Like it continues on. Let those of us who are mature think this way. Man, Lord, help us to be mature in this too. So he's saying, oh, Lord, help, help me be mature. And if you're mature... Think in this way. And if anything, you will think, if you, if anything, you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. 
Only let us hold true to what we have attained. What's happened? What's happened now? God, we've attained God. We're seeking after him. There's moments, there's treasures they're having. Hang on to those. Brothers, join in imitating me and keeping your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Man, he's like, it breaks my heart. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. Their God is their belly. They won't give up anything. They, they would say, I'm sorry, I'd rather be comfortable. I'd rather seek my own things that make me comfortable. Their God is their belly. Their glory is in, in their shame. Their mindset on earthly things, the things that don't matter, that don't last. I mean, how many times have we talked about, I know, Dan, you shared like, man, what, what, are we, what are we so afraid of giving up? You know, like we've been reading through this book. I'm like, what, what are we so afraid we're going to lose out on if we give up? this time to spend with God. What are we so afraid of? He's like, no, that's the problem though. They're setting their eyes on these things, these temporary things that don't matter. These things, their belly, they're just so comfortable in what they want. Again, their belly, it's like there's the comforts of their lives. It's like, no, but our citizenship, like remember, remember guys, this is our citizenship. It's not here, it's in heaven. And from it, we wait a way to Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject, subject all things to himself. Paul's saying, it doesn't matter how strong you thought you were. I love it. He's just like, you thought you guys are going to do this. I mean, again, like, you could do a day. You can even do two days. 21 days start getting to your mind. Like, well, this is going to be harder than I thought. Start encountering the reality, like, man, no matter how strong I thought I was, no matter how amazing of a person I thought, he's like, no, no matter what you had to offer this, or how amazing you thought you'd be at this, it's all rubbish in comparison to knowing him. He's saying, I mean, it's not the importance of, it, he sees the importance of sharing Christ's sufferings. Christ fasted. Did he have to? He chose to. So we follow his example. We fast like he does. Why did he fast? He was seeking the Lord. He was waiting on God. He was getting authority. Man, I mean, it just, and it came with temptations. It came with hardships. It was not easy. And the enemy had some really persuasive conversations with him, trying to tempt him and trying to pull him. He's like, no, you don't get it. He's like, I want you to settle for less. I want you to settle for less. And Christ is like, you don't understand. All authority has been given to me. Sorry, it's mine anyway. You forgot. And that's the reality he's pointing to us. We know that we have the promises of God because his word is yes and amen. So when we get, he's like, I will bless you. I will encounter you. These things that I have for you, I want to talk with you. Fasting is part of that process. And it doesn't matter, praise God, how it started. It doesn't matter how good or bad it's been, how far you've blown it. He's saying, push to lead right now. Press on. It's going to be worth it. Second point. Refocus. Replace your focus with God. We talked about this too, but this is something that was good. Um, don't replace coffee with tea, just more stuff, like more things, or your, your, your food with more, just more food, or entertainment with just more entertainment. He's like, no, replace that focus with more of Him. Or busyness. Busyness can also be a thing. I'll tell you what, when you give up some stuff, you find some time, and you're like, well, time, I can get more stuff done. He's like, no, 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 no. Replace it with me. Replace that with me, your thoughts, life. Like when you're like, man, because like, you know, I know there's like the default setting in our brains. We're like, okay, I'm going to grab this, then grab that, and then we'll go. 
Like, oh, I can't grab that. And then you start getting frustrated. Like, man, I can't remember what I'm supposed to grab here. And you're like, whether it's your diet, your food, your phone, like, what can I do on my phone? Like, do I set my phone down? Like, all the things that just, you feel kind of like a weirdo, like with your, discombobulated with your body and your mind and your gut. And you're like, oh, what is happening? But he's like, no, 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 no. You're taking, and you're taking so much time. Like, man, this is going to be hard. This is going to be so frustrating. Oh, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. He's like, no, just look at me. Talk with me. Encounter me. God is saying, make space. He's not, sorry, he isn't saying make space for other stuff. He's saying make space for encounter and relationship with me. Because, man, he wants to encounter us. Um, In John 15, four through five, remain in me. Remain in me, trust in me, abide in me, stay steadfast in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So when we replace it with things, we're not going to see the fruit. When we place, spend time with God and say, God, I'm giving you everything I have. I'm abiding in you. I'm trusting in you. I'm giving you this. I'm going to see fruit. But the enemy wants us to replace what we've been given with other things. While you feel weak, the enemy comes to remind you that you've, or tries to say that well, maybe you're missing out. What are you missing out on? Oh, wasn't that delicious? Do you remember that one piece of food that you can't eat anymore? Oh, must be so hard. You know, you could just eat a little bit, just a little. You don't have to too much. Or, oh, you know what? You know, one movie, just one show, one thing. He wants you just to give one iota of surrender. He's like, oh, but isn't that how it started? It didn't take a whole apple. It took one bite. He just, he's like, I just want you to just shift your gaze. Don't look at Jesus. Get distracted. I'm falling off the camera. I'm probably not seeing anymore. And that's the whole point. He, just, he doesn't want you to seek him. He wants you to be focused on everything. We're not missing out on anything, by the way. We're not. The things of this earth we might miss out on, but it goes away. It means nothing. You know, we're, we're not missing out on real things, the things that last. He doesn't want you seeking the Lord in your weakness, but he, rather he wants you to become complacent. Or he shows you the other things that can feel that fleshly need, right? Like the things that make us feel good, but don't really seek the Lord. But God knows what is best for us. He says, come to me. Like John seven thirty seven. let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. If you're hungry, come to me. I will fill you. Come to me and I will give you what you need. When we're feeling weak, when we have nothing in us, Again, remember, the thief, this is what we need to remind ourselves. When he does things like this, and I get, I get mad because I know he tries and he's been trying it. The thief comes only to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. He has no hope for you. He has no love for you. He has no give for you. He's not supporting you and your and your weakness. He's not, he's not supporting you. You might think it's like, man, that sounds like a good idea. Like, no, I know that's the enemy because he comes across like, you know what you're missing out on? Oh, aren't you missing out on that thing? Don't you wish you wouldn't have given up this in your fast? He's like, but Lord's like, no, what that was is rubbish. It counts for nothing. It won't last for anything. In fact, press in, look at me because I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now you say fasting and having life to the full, that sounds like a contradiction, but no, he's like, no, that is 
having life to the full. It's a part of the process, receiving from him, being tender to him, receiving his word, counting him, revelation. God is inviting us for us to come to him, not listen to the enemy, not give the, the enemy room or permission to speak into your life. He's like, no, I know what your aim is. Your aim is for me to fail. Your aim for me is to miss out. My, you know, I know what God's aim for me is in this fast. It is to receive, to make, remain tender, to know you more in the fullness. Now, again, I remind you, some of you don't feel like that at all right now, but you know this to be true. You know that God is seeking after. He wants to speak to you. But man, right now, sometimes it doesn't feel like that. But God is inviting us to come to him, abide in him, cling to him, stay steadfast in the place of clinging to him, submit to him, seek him, choose him, love him, go after him. He's always inviting. He's always ready. Again, remember that that, that song of Solomon, like one glance and I'm just overwhelmed by you. And I'm singing over you. Zephaniah, he's singing over us because he loves us. This is the God we love and who's for us, who came to fill us and give us what we need. But man, we might miss out. We don't want to miss out. Glory, help us not to miss out by being so focused on what is now. And what you're sowing now, you will reap. Just keep hanging on. And we talked about that. Man, I just, we've had some good conversations. Galatians 6, 8 through 9. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Stay steadfast. Cling on to Him. Hold on. Man, I just encourage you that. As I'm reading through this, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, and you read through the chapter before, the chapter before is these, he's talking about these cloud of witnesses. It's these men of God and women of God that have trusted him, stayed steady, clung to him. They didn't know what he was going to do. You know, Gideon didn't know the end, but he knew he trusted the Lord. You know, Moses didn't know how it was going to happen. In fact, he would probably not have guessed that he would have missed it. But who knows? Like, it's just all these men and women did not know the full result. They didn't have to. All they knew was God called them. He invited them. He wanted to encounter them, and he was faithful. And they stuck through. It was not easy. This is the crowd, the cloud of witnesses. When you think about those, those forerunners, those people that have gone on before you, the people even in this church that have passed on and are praying and interceding, that have run the race well, this is the cloud of witnesses that we're surrounded by. Since we are surrounded by such a great, not just a great big, they're pretty great also, great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Hinders and entangles. The things, he's not talking about sin, the everything. Everything that hinders you. That's the stuff that's surrounding you, that's burying you, that's distracting you, that's totally pulling your focus away from God. He's like, no, get rid of those things. But really, the, the thing that so easily entangles us and distracts us. And like how many hours, you know what you should do? There's this wonderful thing that keeps track of your time on your phone and gives you your average. And if you ever want to feel really awful, look at that for a minute. (laughs) 
just for a minute and just say, wow, I wasted my time on that. That was what I gave myself to. How many hours? A day? You know, it's awful. It is awful. It is, man. And it makes you so mad because you're like, how did I get here? How is it this time already? Why am I still watching this? Okay. Just this is what, again, we're trying to find ourselves. Like, Lord, you know, it's not just about the original fast, the thing you wrote down. It's the things that start coming up. Those are also part of the fast. The things that start popping up as optional other things. The things that, oh, you know what? Yeah, you said no social media, but what about this next new TV show? How about this next new TV show? Oh, and a movie that came out. You know what? I'll just watch that instead. I'm guilty. Okay, Lord, help me. Because it's those things that come in. You're like, dang it, Lord, why am I doing this? It's because my flesh knows what it wants. It wants destruction. It's bent for destruction. But God wants us to live a life that is holy So we have to throw it off, throw it off. It would be so dumb to run with a backpack full of bricks, unless you're trying to build for an endurance. I don't know. But it would be pretty ridiculous. Like, you know, I want to do my best race. You know, you're building up for it and you're building up for it. You're not wearing wearing the backpack and you're like, you know what, on the marathon day, I think I'm going to wear a pair of bricks on my back. I'm just going to, big bag of bricks. And you're just like, that sounds like a great idea for getting my best time on a marathon day. That sounds like a great idea. He's like, no. Throw it off. Get rid of it. Why are you carrying this thing around? Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. He's not saying it's hard. It comes along so easily, so naturally, because your flesh is your flesh. But man, God is renewing us. He is redeeming us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, again, I love that he says, consider him. And then there's the people like, no, it's Jesus. Jesus is great because he's God. You know, like we have that kind of cop out attitude about it. He's like, no, he was fully God and fully man. He understands it. He's like, I sympathize. I understand every temptation. I understand all the bent that you guys are going through. I understand it to the fullness. Yet I walked this out. He had to be perfect. He had to be perfect, but the praise God, like he's like, no, I'm trying to show you. I want you to become perfect because you didn't start out perfect. We didn't start out perfect. That's the reality. But we are becoming perfect. We, when we seek him, when we love him, when we receive him in our hearts, he's like, no, look at me. Watch how I did this thing. What did I do when I was tempted? What did I do when I fasted? What did I do when I went to the quiet place? What did I do when the busyness came? Sometimes I just walked away. Sorry, there's still people sick. There's still people hurting. I'm walking away and I'm going to go be with my father. Sorry. Where did he go? How annoying would that be for the sick person? You know, like, we're like, man, God, be busier, be busier. Go do, go, go, go. Like, no, you're, you're like, no. He's like, no, I know it's the important thing. I know it's important. I know what will last. I know what I need. Prayer, quiet time, seeking the Lord, fasting. Now, I don't know if he ever fasted ever again. They don't talk about that. But I, I kind of wonder if he did. But I don't think he fasted. His disciples didn't fast with him. 
That's all we ever know. So I'm always kind of curious if he'd ever fasted after that. But again, we're just trusting the Lord. He said, consider him. He endured such opposition so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Don't lose heart. Keep going. Press on. Push delete. Keep going. Refocus. Replace. Those things. We're seeking the Lord together. And I love this. And I think, you know, Fred, you've said this a few time, uh, times about Thanksgiving. Rejoice. This passage, I love it. And I agree with it. Rejoice. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again because you don't get it. Rejoice. You need to hear it again. Rejoice. You need to remember this. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. He loves you. He is encountering. He was ready. Don't worry about anything. Man, I need to hear that more often. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. If you need help and you're like, God, I am not getting it right now. I'm not seeing it right now. All these things are coming up. My busyness, you know, my, my, my septic line is like backing up. Like, that's the reality. These things happen. I know it's not normal. This is not a normal circumstance. This is not my normal life. But Lord, instead of keep going back to that, Lord, come to the Lord. Don't worry about it. I'm trying to remind myself again a few more times. I need to say that again. He's like, you know, we need to hear this more often. Rejoice. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, because he knows, he hears, and with thanksgiving, because he will respond, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is what we need. This is what I need. This is what all of us need. We need to be saying, Lord, I come to you. I thank you, Lord, that I can come to you. I can give this to you because this is hard. This is not easy. I love these things in my flesh. I really do. And it's ridiculous that my flesh is begging for it. But Father, I ask that you would take this hunger away from me and that I would spend more time with you. Lord, I just pray that you would help me instead of this bent towards the social media or these things that draw my eyes, Lord, that I would give this to you. Lord, thank you that I can give it to you. I can lay it down and come into you. And you want to be encountered, that you want to hear from me. And he will guard your hearts because that's the important thing because our guard, our hearts are feeling pretty vulnerable right now. Our minds are a mess while we're fasting. We're all over the place. He's like, no, but I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to fill your hearts I'm going to guard your hearts and your mind and give you peace, which surpasses all understanding. Man. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, this is what we're focusing. This is what we're looking to. This is what we're reminding ourselves. And this is what we're getting rid of things for because we want the truth. We want whatever's true. We want whatever's honorable. Whatever's just, pure, lovely, commendable. If there's any moral excellence, and if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Fix your eyes on these things. Replace all that trash, all that rubbish for this. This is the thing. This is the one thing. Do what you've learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace be with you. He will be with you. Do it. Imitate me. Practice it. Look at what I've done. Look at the fruit of my labors. Man, it's not easy. But then you look at Paul and he's saying, I've endured beatings, shame, rejection, stoning. I've endured 
what was it? Like, you know, he was shipwrecked. And I read it again. And I was like, I saw shipwrecked and I assumed, you know, in a few hours he made it to shore or maybe an hour or two for a day and a half. That's a long time to be at sea, okay? Not knowing where you're going, not where you're at, nothing. You Maybe you're hanging on to a board. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what he was, but he was shipwrecked for a day and a half. I don't know what that looked like, but Paul endured all this. He's like, I didn't do this because I'm awesome. I'm not awesome. In fact, I'm pretty weak. But praise God, he fills me when I'm weak. He encounters me when I am weak. He is giving me the power that I need when I am weak. Man, I want to pray for myself and pray for you guys. Okay, I just like I, I feel it. I want to walk with you. I know that this is all what we're, you know what we're walking through. Some of us are like, man, this is a great advertisement for fasting, and this is not a great advertisement for fasting. All right, um, and you're like, maybe those who haven't joined yet, like you're like, well, I'm thinking no, but I'm just encouraging you to say, Lord, what if? Not what if this fast is going to be awful because it might be. It might be awful. But what if you have something at the end of this fast that you wanted to speak to me? What if you had a promise that you wanted to give me? What if you had a blessing for my family, for my church, for me, my relationship? What if you had breakthrough? What if you had something I've been struggling with in sin? What if there's something out there that is much greater than what I have right now? And I would gladly lay it down so that way I can have that. So I can have what you have for me, your best. Because his best is the best. Man. So we're going to pray. So if you want to stand, sit, whatever you want to do, kneel. I'm just going to pray for Lord, Lord, we just, we need you. Lord, in our brokenness, our, our weakened state, Lord, in our, in our vulnerability, Jesus, we have nothing in us. Lord, it's, it's, it's shocking sometimes to realize how little we have. But also, it's reassuring, Lord, that how much we have in you. Jesus, you are willing. You're willing. You're willing to encounter us, to free us from our sin. You're willing to speak into our lives. You want daily revelation, not just momentary, once in a year revelation. You want encounter. But Father, the enemy is hard at work. He is hard at work. He doesn't want this to happen. And Lord, we know it. But Jesus, even though he is hard at work, you are faithful. You are faithful to complete what you promised, what you said you would do. So Jesus, we gladly fix our eyes on you. We push to lead on the moments where we struggled and we were weak, where we weren't totally focused, where we were distracted. Jesus, we fix our eyes on you. We give you these hours, these moments, these whatever it is, Lord. We give you everything. We surrender our desires, our fleshly desires to you. And Father, as we pursue not only this fast, but in the future, a fasted lifestyle, which we're, we're going to talk more about, Lord, we want to encounter this thing you've designed. You desired us to live and surrender. Because when we surrender it all to you, we win. We get it all. We get you all. We get everything that you are. Lord, we want more of you. We don't want what we have now. This was not good enough. Lord, we want the better things, the greater things.
the best things. So Jesus, I just ask that you would speak encouragement, bring passages of scripture that we can remind ourselves and speak the truth in our lives. And Lord, even if it's some of these passages, Lord, I just ask that these would, we would cling to these words and that our hearts would be receptive to receive them, that our hearts would be receptive and that we would cling to them. And Father, that when we speak them, when we are tempted, when we are struggling, when we are not doing well, and even when we are doing well and we're seeking after you, Father, that these words, these passages of Scripture would bear fruit in our lives. Would we walk this out? That would come, there'd be fruit of the Spirit that would come out of that. So, Lord, encourage, we just, Lord, we, we repent for where we missed it. Lord, we say thank you that you invite us still to continue. You say, come on, keep going, push the leap. Look at me, start now, start again, keep going. Look at me. Thank you, Lord, that you encourage us to keep looking, that you don't give up on us, that you are faithful. Jesus, we love you. We want you. We long for you. And we can't wait to encounter you more. In Jesus' name.